Middle of the Pack. Real discussions for the middle of the pack by the middle of the pack. We'll talk about training and racing, but we're here to deep dive into the life topics of the weekend warriors and obstacle course racing enthusiasts. Obstacle course racing isn't just a sport, it's a lifestyle. We are the middle of the pack. Welcome back to Middle of the Pack Podcast. <laughs> My name is Maggie B. ATC. I am the OCR trainer. I am here with my co-host, Charles. Say hi, Charles. Hey, guys. And this week, Derek is actually disguised as one of our favorites in the sport. Do you want to introduce yourself? How's it going, everybody? Jacob Bosecker here, um, voice of Midwest OCR, and um, I don't know, patron saint of mud runners. I don't know. It's something like that. Sounds good. <laughs> yes, we bought on Brosecker to take Derek's place this week, and we are going to be talking about our favorite unwritten rules in the sport of obstacle course racing. Guys, you ready to get right in? I can dance. Yeah, let's yeah. go. Perfect. So we did open up this topic to people online, so we will be sharing all of our community feedback as well. But starting it out, Charles, I know you have a nice long list ready to go. What is your number one rule, unwritten rule in the sport of obstacle course racing? Number one? So number one would be uh, it's encourage competition. It's more or less like when you're in the actual competitive fields, just because we're running competitively doesn't mean we have to like not say good job to people or encourage people to like, I don't know, when you're passing them, just kind of like, hey, man, let's go. Let's like, let's sprint to this finish. Let's see what, we, what we've got. Because I've seen a lot of people where, yeah, it's fun to like pick people off towards the end of the race. But I feel like if you can get that like mad dash finish from someone else, it's pretty good. Like adds a little bit more excitement than just like slowly running past them. Yeah. And I think, didn't we actually see some of that this weekend with Hildervat? I mean, I, I, we probably all know by now who won and what happened. Um, I, I was watching some of the coverage and when, I mean, obviously when we all saw Nicole go down, we were pretty worried. Um, but I think on one of the feeds, they actually said that Rebecca um, asked Nicole if she was okay as she was running past. I did not see a lot. I watched the finals because that's what I had time to watch. So I actually did not see a lot of like the Hildervat coverage, even though it was like sprayed throughout the OCR social medias. But um, yeah, I've always even just checked on people who get injured. I think it's like a human natural response. Like, 100%. Anybody, anybody who slips and falls, you're like, hey. No, we're, we're talking, we're talking throwback here to the days though, but you know, it's, you see those things, you kind of like see somebody else out and about in the game. Um, that's, that's had a hard hit. I think back to Breckenridge and like, oh gosh, what was it like 2014? We were coming down the hill and, um, it was Orla and Corinna and Corinna had a really bad wipeout. I forget exactly what happened, but it was just one of those things. First nature, I uh, came over early. She's like, oh my gosh, what can we do? Can I, can I get somebody here to help you? Can we do something to, to help you? Can we get something? And that's, at the end of the day, it's just like being aware and being, being human and just being like, hey, we're, we're competing, but at the same time, like, hey, are, is everything okay here? Um, and that's, that's an important thing just to kind of keep in mind. 
Orla's also a uh, nurse emergency responder. So like she went into, she abandoned competition and went straight into like, this is my job. This was, it was kind of perfect timing for the, for that. Like even on a mountain for her. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the, uh, it feels like just like a weird taboo thing to also just be like, don't, uh, don't encourage people who pass you. Like, because in competition, we all have to be so serious, but you can also tell people they did a good job. One hundred percent. So that's kind of been like my number one unwritten rule, because I enjoy supporting other people, even when I'm running, because, I mean, that's uh, what makes the sport fun. Yeah, anytime I really pass anybody, I try to say, you know, good job or, you know, looking good, like whatever else really try to encourage people because you don't know what somebody's going through in a single day and just saying some kind of encouragement to them could be what they need to get to that finish line um it was even mentioned in one of our community comments uh he gave us five as well but as they as we come across them i'll mention them uh jb3 sticks uh john john brown he, his number five was also encourage everyone you come across. You don't know what it took for them to be out there. So bouncing the, bouncing the ball around. Um, Megan, do you have any unwritten rules of OCR? <laughs> or ones you'd like to mention that you've come across? We've got a good amount of feedback. And I'm going to be honest, I did not write down my own rules. Because why would I? prep for this that's just crazy to think um but one that i think is very important to say is don't just assume people want help out on course you always have to ask for permission um especially you know females um there we all know the good old spartan handshake um you can't just go up and boost somebody up over a wall, especially if it means grabbing their ass. Um, you have to ask before ever offering any kind of assistance. Yeah, the, uh, that kind of loops in actually one of my other ones, which was uh, don't be a creepy obstacle helper. Helper. <laughs> we, know, like, we know exactly what we've seen in, in certain open waves where you're just like, oh yeah, that guy definitely hung around on that... Uh, to help people over the wall and not for just to be a helpful person uh, um, but yeah definitely always ask uh even in i can't well i was gonna say even in competition but competition it's an interesting rule um i guess it would blur the lines of for helping would it also be giving advice because i've at a noram 15k 2019 i was watching um I'm blanking on her name, but I was watching one of the top female age group runners try to get through the force five rig and she was just landing the T bar. She was trying to land it like front grip and then she couldn't manage her swing. So as I, as I watched her do it two or three times, I kind of walked up. I was like, Hey, if you just kind of like land reverse grip, gorilla grip it, you can at least keep your grip onto that. And that worked. I don't know if that counts as like giving assistance or not, but I think that's okay honestly like i mean we've all been out at ocrwc noram like seeing obstacles that we have never encountered before in our life and i know that our good friend matt when he was struggling with valkyrie i stood there 
offering him advice the entire time that he was there. Um, and for a while, I was just there yelling out advice to anybody who wanted to listen. <laughs> but I mean, with the whole obstacle assistance thing, and I know I've never ran a Tough Mudder, but Jacob, you are very familiar with Tough Mudder. How would the assistance stuff work with a Tough Mudder? Because I know Tough Mudder is designed where you do need assistance for obstacles. You know, we've been in things where I've done a few races, and I'll remember, I've not done a lot of Tough Mudders, but it was one of those things I did my first competitive Tough Mudder to get my grail back in Missouri, uh, probably, golly, was it 2018? Yeah, it was 2018, and you get to some obstacles you can't do alone, like you get to a, like, like a huge mud bog and you just can't crawl over because the dirt's, you, you have to have assistance, or you get block nest monster, I, depending on how deep they dig the trench, sometimes you can't vault over it. I've got a good jump, but uh, eventually it got to that day. Help one or two other people. Um, you're all there together. Um, help one other person at least. Um, do kind of do what others have done to you is kind of one of the great mantras that they follow there. And I think that's just a really good thing to for people to to keep there in mind. Now, I personally I don't like that in Tough Mudder. I think that's a bit. When it comes to a competition, it should be hot, nasty, badass speed and competition, and I just like that. Um, but, um, <laughs> as far as the camaraderie and community, I think it goes back to just meeting people where they're at and just understanding where everybody's at and saying, okay, this guy's got this other goal than me. We've got to try and help this guy out. We've got to do this. Um, yeah, it's, it's really just, you know, and, and we've talked a little bit, Megan, here about like helping other people and stuff. For me... I love to lead by example and kind of like that's something I tell my kids a lot. We watch other people do stuff. So if you see people passing a rig and I tell my kids, okay, watch this person, see what they're doing to make it through. What are they doing different from you? What are, what can we learn here? It's always a learning opportunity. 100%. And thinking about Tough Mudder, I mean, I always think back to the Tougher Mudder Championships what was that, like 2017, 2018? I don't even know what year it was. But where Lindsay stayed up on top of, what is that, Everest? And she helped like three people up. And then she went on and still won. And it's like she stayed there to help multiple of her competition. And then was like, okay. Yeah, that's kind of like, that's kind of been the way of the Tough Martyr community. And I've never run a Tough Martyr. I'm running my first one in, when this comes out, a week from now. I'm also chasing the Holy Grail this year. Um, but yeah, from what I've seen in like the past, that is kind of a thing that happens where you you could end up getting stuck at Block Nest just helping people just because that's what you want to do. Uh, <laughs> that's a fine day. You know, it's um, it's a perfectly fine day. Yeah. I have um, a friend, John, actually, my friend John, he said that he doesn't like to run age groups strictly because he wants to be helping people. He wants to be out there encouraging them. And um, if he can help somebody over a wall or whatever else, like he wants to be that guy. And I think that's awesome. There's definitely a place for those people in this sport. And that is how we're going to continue to grow um, the entire community. And I think just uh, talking about like, you know, unwritten rules, just heads up for people. If you're going out there for fun, 
pack a little extra food. You never know when you're going to run into somebody else in the community who's hurting. It's their first time. They've never really experienced something like that. It's nothing for you to grab an extra Snickers bar or to throw another gel pack or two in your bag and be like, hey, man, here you go. Oh, man, I, I've had so many friends that get turned on by things that turn on to products or something out on the course um, because they had never had it before. But then somebody out on the course, they give it to them. They're like, oh, here's an extra mustard pack. And they're like, that really work? You can find out right now. And you get to learn kind of like through that. <laughs> That's actually probably how this podcast got started because um, we all know each other. So we all met through Derek and obviously I met Derek through Chrissy. I met Chrissy out on the course because she was struggling on like, um, I think it was Blue Mountain in Canada. And she didn't pack any fuel because she was just thinking... Um, it, it was going to be a better short than this. <laughs> and, and I had an extra thing of blocks. So I handed her some blocks. And then after the race, she was like, Hey, thank you for that. That, you know, that saved me. Um, and yeah, we're now friends. And I met Derek and Charles because of that, which is ironically also the same place I met you, Jacob. So it all comes full circle. <laughs> The uh, yeah, I've I've done that at the same time where I've given out, I think, 20 uh, Tahoe the first year with world champs uh, coming out of the swim where everyone it was just like a path of people cramping from the cold water. I think I ran out of my my mustard packets in that section because I was fine. I can deal with cramping, but I was just like, I got extra and there are dudes screaming on the ground. So <laughs> I'm just gonna be like, hey, man, do you want some mustard? Do you need any? Do you need anything? And uh, just kind of handing them out. I've also, technically, with my 2018 uh, Vermont Ultra Beast, I had to take noon off of people on course. I was running the elite, so technically, I'm, I'm, I'm a DQ'd at that point. But um, yeah, I've details, details, details. details. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) I think I was like probably bottom 20 percent for the male finishers. So, but um, careful though, somebody could hear that, and you very well could be called out online as a cheater. (laughs) Eh, It happens. I still got my medal. They can't take it from me. Um, But uh, yeah, I've taken it from people on course, or just like because sometimes you need it just to just to save your life (laughs) at the time. But um. Speaking of ultras, um, one we've kind of posted a good amount of the time for our posts, um, and one that is a very well-known, I think, unwritten rule. I don't know if it's a rule in, like, Spartan races, but uh, let uh, let the ultra runners through. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let them get, I, I even say, let them get crack at the uh, first crack at the obstacles. I've given up my spot while I'm, like, prepping to go out on a rig just to let an ultra runner through because they're on such a time crunch and I don't want to slow them down. Um, But also as an ultra runner, I have seen other ultras just kind of like get to a busy obstacle and wait in line. While I just kind of either, if it was like Battle Frog or Bone Frog, where we had our bands to represent we were running Endurance, or with a Spartan Ultra, I just walk past the whole line, past like any open runners, and I just get to the front of the rig, and I'm like, Ultra, I'm going through, and I just start. I don't, I'm not asking questions, I'm just telling, and if I don't wait for their response, I just go. 
Um, well, and I think that's one of those things where it comes down to being, so I, I do some of the announcing stuff here in the Midwest um, for a lot of the locals, Highlander Assault and Frontline. And I, I really, first of all, think the dream mom and pop race is three races. It's a multi-lap, it's a big long lap, and then it's a short lap for first timers. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the job of the announcer to really kind of lay the stage and say, okay, you're going to see people out there that look like they're having a rough day. They're, they're ultra runners, they're multi-lappers. Um, give them the right away when possible. You know, they're competing out here for a much longer period than you. Cheer them on, pat them on the back, let them, let them know that they can make it on through even though they look very, very sad. But I also think there's another point there that we had last year. Um, it's up to the race to provide enough lanes for something like that to happen especially. And we saw that last year at Frontline with Kraken. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, look at this Kraken thing. Nunchuck holds and on a twister, how crazy. And now they're building them and putting them up in gyms like here at uh, Heartline and stuff. Um, Heart, yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, we've upgraded that race that's actually happening this weekend up in Byron Hills in Rockford. And they've got four lanes this year. So the, the magical question is, okay, for how many people is four lanes enough? And something small like this, I can see this being enough. But you want to, you want to be able to let the multi-lappers through, um, but also you also want to be aware of what's all going on around you. And that's, that's one of my rules, I would say, is just be aware of what's going on around you. I think that's one of the best unwritten rules. Uh, whether that be... That, that could speak on so many different things like terrain. It could speak on um, where you're at, the venue, um, and just just be aware of where you're at. Um, and I, it's not just with the ultras, though, that you really need to be aware and say, you know, let somebody through and get, get ahead. I mean, um, definitely like Killington Day 2, where they have the beast and the sprint going on at the same time. They don't have elite beast anymore. They only have the elite sprint. But the beast goes out early enough that you could be having beast come into the rig like at the same time as the elite sprint. And it's like if the elites are coming in, let them through. I believe I I was out at Big Bear, what, 2019 now? And on day two, they had the snow and the cold. So they ended up instead of sending us back up the mountain, they kept the sprint just on the base. And we had to do two laps of this modified sprint course. And I thought that was so goofy. It was so bad. But I remember lap two, we were all coming through soaking wet because of course they still put us through the dunk wall, even though it was like hailing and whatever else. And I was coming over the A-frame and there were open waivers on their first lap. And I was screaming like, age groupers, age groupers, trying to let them know, like, people are racing, racing. Um, And there were a bunch of open waivers just kind of taking their time, hanging out on top of the A-frame. And I think I might have accidentally kicked somebody when I flipped over. Um, But I was like, I'm telling you, like, you have a group of age groupers coming through. Like, I believe I was right next to, like, Laura Crabtree and like other people, like people that went on and like we all podiumed in our age group at that race and we were running, running and the open waivers were just like, what? so like if you're doing a multi-lap format and there are people physically competing, let them through as well. Like it's not always just strictly ultra. Yeah. I've seen, um, 
with the with the bone frog multi-lap because i started doing their endurance right when they offered it um and i remember doing the virginia beach one and virginia beach is probably their more popular one because it's towards beginning of summer and a lot of people actually show up in southern virginia for that race but um i remember on my later laps like on the tour once open wave really started getting going their stronghold obstacle which is like their rig um one of the laps had like maybe 30 to 40 people deep because people were just not clearing that obstacle and i kind of had headphones in and i was just kind of looking around and i saw a lot of other endurance runners and i i had already run bfx 24 at that point i had run um i had already done uh tried my hand at spartan ultra so i kind of was aware of the rules of just being like put your band up and just like walk up and let people know um and it got to the point on like the second lap where I still saw endurance runners grabbing it. And I saw one of my friends and I literally grabbed him by the arm. I'm like, what are you doing? You got a time. You know, like I just started pulling him out of line. I was like, we got to go. Like <laughs> we're doing this obstacle just to go. Um, and so, yeah, when the backups kind of happen, I mean, I understand where some people would be like, oh, I, I want to be courteous and give other people their chance. But like, certain times just that you just, uh, fuck politeness and just kind of walk up i gotta do this uh i'm gonna do this obstacle you you can be as rude as say like i'm probably gonna do this a little faster than you i mean it's a little rude but it's a way to say like i'm probably gonna get this done real quick but yeah a lot of those people though too you have to think you've got first timers out there that have um absolute race brain they don't know what's going on some people are like even if as an announcer you sit there and tell them listen there's a multi-lap scenario going on here there's people out here they get it to an obstacle and they see somebody wait you mean to tell me somebody's coming out here and they're doing many of these yeah man that's our culture and it's oh hell no that's that's above my pay and like I, i don't care the thing is, like, that's the scenario we're in. And that goes back to my, my kind of statement of, like, just be aware. Be aware of what's going on around you. Yeah, no, that's it, completely um, what it should be. You know, be aware of the people around you. Just communicate. If somebody says ultra, like, just kind of step aside. Whatever you're doing, if you're in line for an obstacle, Step aside, let them through. If you're out on the course, like, step aside. They have strict time cutoffs. Um, they're doing it multiple times. They need to go. Um, and, yeah, I think one thing I really did like about Savage was when we were coming up to the rig, there were so many people there continuing to try. And they said, you know, females, if you're coming up and you haven't attempted it yet, step in front of anybody like if you have not attempted an obstacle yet you go first and that's how it should be with any kind of mandatory obstacle completion race like if you have not tried it and you go to the front of the line regardless you should not have to wait for anybody yeah well yeah that's why uh Noram uh, Adventure OCR World Champs, that, that whole company, they would do the, usually throw them to the left, which is like the retry lanes. So you can at least like break it up and be like, hey, this is where you all have to go now until it kind of clears out. Um, but this also applies to one of my other rules, which is, I don't, it's not as much of a problem anymore because now that we have age group, but I mean, it would still apply, which is uh, slower, slower men of the elite field and the age, and the age group field. 
you got to step aside for the faster women. <laughs> like you just got to stay out of the way. Um, Completely. It's uh, it's more of a problem I would see at obstacles where people kind of stick to their lines and they don't let they don't let the faster ladies through. But you just gotta you just gotta stay out of the way. That's one of like the it's one of my longest standing rules ever since before Spartan Race split age room competition where we'd have those like I don't know why the word fatty, but like the overpopulated elite group of men where everybody's in there. Um, and then you would just watch like Amelia and Rose have to wa- wade through like a hundred very slow men runners just to get just to get into an open wi- open field. But um, oh yeah, I yeah. think about like Blue Mountain, like Palmerton, and you go up that first climb, and then there's a good amount of like single track up that first climb, and you know like the I'm just here for the early start time people in elite. And then you you think about like Amelia and Nicole, whoever else, like coming and just like beasting through. But then they're stuck behind the males that are just like slowly walking up this hill, and like they are screaming at people. I mean, I've talked to so many pro females that said, you know, they are yelling the entire time because men just will not move. Yep, <laughs> it's okay to get checked. I don't know if that's a phrase we use anymore, but it was in the past. So <laughs> um, <laughs> it's okay to do that. It's, it's pretty, it's like I said on, on the Instagram post, you get a chance to see some of the best female athletes in the sport, like up close and either doing an obstacle or watching them run past you at like a six minute pace. <laughs> so, um, cause I remember that was one of my first experiences was watching Amelia Boone pass me in wintergreen and yeah, she wasn't tired. Like she was three or four miles into that race and not even tired. So, yeah, and it kind of does also apply. I've I've experienced it where I'm. I tend to be a slow starter in the in the competitive waves, and when I do get on a climb, though, I'm a pretty good climber. Um, so when you mentioned the Blue Mountain single like single track climb, if you're a slower dude, you can also get out of the way for your competition. You know, it's oh yeah. <laughs> don't make me walk through poison ivy just to like pass you on on the mountain it's it's that thing that sucks and it's funny because um one of the comments that i have um i mean obviously i don't think we should have to say it but with unwritten rules i think the biggest unwritten rule is you know stay to your right pass on the left call out if you're passing um but then also if you are walking like step completely out of everybody else's way because there are people that are running and if you do need to stop or you do need to walk check behind you and then move over to the side don't stop directly in somebody's way whether you're going uphill downhill wherever else people behind you are moving and i know that if i'm in like single track i try to keep pace with whoever i'm with so if somebody does stop like right dead in their tracks. I'm running straight into them. And a lot of times climbing uphill, I mean, if you're not used to climbing, you're going to be miserable climbing already. A lot of people are head down, just kind of one foot in front of the other. And if somebody stops in front of them, they might not see you. 
I've I've definitely run into someone who <laughs> we were just death march climbing and just like didn't pay attention, saw him saw him stop and just head right into his back. Yeah. And I was like, oh my bad. Um, and I think that's where it happens the most is you know people trying to get through the death march. So it's okay, ten steps and I'm taking a break. But they do the ten steps and then they just stop right dead in their tracks. Either that or it's like the double sandbag carry at Palmerton or like the Tahoe bucket carry where people just stop right in the middle of the track. They, you know, throw their bucket on their leg and they kneel down and it's like, what are you doing? People are moving right behind you. Like, get out of the way. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm super guilty of also being in single track running and coming up on someone, but I will just, I will just like coast onto their pace for a bit. And I never tell them on your left, but then they eventually just like step off and they go, like, go. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I was just kind of pacing off of you. <laughs> I was, I'm really bad at just not letting someone uh, not letting like letting them know I'm going to pass them at some point where I really just kind of want to coast off of their own pace yeah. for a little bit. But that's one thing I, I end up doing. But I'm also a culprit of. I'm one of those people who will stop with the bucket, like, dead center. <laughs> oh, God, don't it's do that. It's terrible, I know, but I'm just like, nope, I'm just, I'm going to go my, like, 20 feet, and then I'm going to stop. So. I mean, now that you're getting stronger, you won't have to stop. Well, I, I haven't done a Spartan race since they put, I, I've done Spartan races since they put lids on them, but I haven't done it since they've, like, changed the rule that you can put it up on your shoulder. So now, yeah, so now I'm like, I can probably do it that way. Like I said, I only run stadiums for Spartan, so I have a terrible outlook on what their rules are. Um, yeah, and then, like, just keep communicating with people. I know that if I'm, like, climbing a hill or whatever else, or if I'm walking whatever, and I hear somebody come up behind me, if they haven't announced themselves, I will say, let me know when you want to pass. Like, I will move out of the way as soon as you are ready to pass. And, you know, a lot of people appreciate it, but then you do get a lot of people that either they assume because you should be able to hear them coming, they don't have to announce themselves or whatever else, and they just don't say anything. And it's like, well, I'm not going to be as polite and I'm not going to step out of the way if you don't tell me you're coming through or if you don't communicate in some way, shape, or form. And that's where it's very important that we continue to uphold the actual rule where music is not allowed on course. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that was someone, that was one of our comments, Fitburn45, stop blasting your music and let others enjoy the race. It's really selfish and distracting. Uh, you know, uh, here's the thing. If you're yeah. carrying a boombox flag, weight vest, chains, uh, just... <laughs> Stay to the right. You'll have a good day. Just <laughs> yeah. I'm not too. I'm not. I'm not too picky. I'm like, a fireball. Yeah. Just just right over there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not too picky on like people blasting music. It's just one of those things. I'm like, well, as long as I'm not constantly stuck. But I I try not to get stuck behind people who are running with music. If anything, it's a motivator of like I gotta get out of this general area. So that's what I end up doing a good amount of the time with those people. Yeah, um, again, most people don't like my music. I don't like your music. Mm -hmm. Yeah, people aren't going to want to hear half the shit we listen to. <laughs> yeah, if it's not screaming at me, I don't want to listen to it. Yeah. Um, so if I have to listen to your music, you're going to get somebody screaming at you. <laughs> I 
I really try not to scream at people, but I do say, hey, music isn't allowed. But it's very rare that I'm in the open waves now. So um, it's different in open, I know. Yeah. The uh, Speaking of, since we've brought up death marches, I don't know if this is really an unwritten rule. Maybe it's more of just an, a tip. Uh, but I think it's a pretty good one. Just one I put up with myself, which is a don't stop on the death march in Killington. I know some people have to, but if, it's a pretty good idea not to stop on the death march. Uh, yeah. yeah. Just kind of <laughs> embrace it. Tough that shit out. Um, that's just one of those weird ones. I don't know. I feel, it, it, to me, it's an unwritten rule because it's, it's a big mistake I've made in the past. So maybe it's more of a tip, but. Um, and along with that, and really any kind of running ever, like, because we do, Go like when we're on the death march, we will meet people and we'll, you know, it, if we're not with a group, we end up in a group. If you are going to be out on the course with a group, um, this is a comment that Kara gave me on Facebook. She said, um, if you're walking together, single file, like. Do not walk side by side on any kind of course. Um, we you need to keep runners to the left, walkers to the right. I don't care if you're running, you're walking. Do it single file lane. Um, don't go side by side because you are going to block the trail for anybody who tries to pass you. Can can we say that louder for just the people in general on my running trail? Because right? I hate getting stuck behind like people walking four wide, but eh. Although I will admit we do um, go out on runs where we run side by side with all our friends, but it's very rare that people are passing us. One that was brought up a good amount of the time by a lot of people, like a lot of comments on ours, was uh, don't litter on course. I know some companies have this as a, a written rule. I think, what is it, Spartan Race is if you get caught littering, it's an automatic it's a DQ, isn't it? Yes. Automatic yeah. DQ. Yeah. It's, uh, but I know some companies don't. Granted, this is a general, I feel like it's a general rule of life, like pack in what you pack out, like it's kind of standard for camping and just also being a good human, don't littering. The, but yeah, it's definitely one. If it's unwritten, definitely people need to follow it because, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, there's always a lot of gel packs out there on courses, but it's I, I understand why it's hard to impose that rule on like a five mile loop uh, with like hundreds of people coming through at a time. So it's kind of it's kind of impo impossible to actually like enforce that. But everyone should know that. Just uh, don't litter on course. Yeah, that should just be a standard rule. It shouldn't. We shouldn't have to continue to tell people that, like, it's common sense. But, yes, definitely do not litter on course. So, I know we all run in the competitive waves, but for the open waivers, how many spear throws will you allow them to take before they have to, like, move to the back of the line? I, I like the number one. <laughs> I think that's a great number. Such a great number. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, it's it's one of those things I, I try as an announcer to, to tell people is like, you know, understand what you've signed up for. Understand this is kind of the going rate. And if, if you're not holding up the show, 
take a few if you want to, but if you're if you're kind of if you got a wait list of like fifty people back behind there, let's let's keep it going here, buddy. That's kind of where I was standing. I was like, I mean, if it's not busy, I don't. If 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 it's just you, go ahead, go for it. Like if you just want to keep chucking them until you get them. But yeah, if there's like people waiting, throw one. And if you want to try again, get in the back. Go to the go to the back of the line and try again. I mean, it's worth it. Um, how how often do you get that practice? And that should really be said for all obstacles, um, regardless of Spartan or Savage, OCRWC, whatever. If it's a penalty versus a multiple attempt, if you are not racing competitively for like a Spartan and you want to attempt an obstacle multiple times, go right ahead. But wait your turn each time. And obviously mandatory obstacle completion. The first time you should be able to go ahead of anybody who is attempting for like a second, third, whatever else. But if you miss an obstacle and have to reattempt, go to the back of the line. Yeah. It's kind of always, it's kind of how I've looped it stuff in. It's with uh, the open wave. The open wave is the wild west, in my opinion. If you're going to do any, uh, like a lot of the times the rules don't technically apply when it comes to like, like obstacle completion, but especially when it comes to Spartan. So if you just wanted to retry obstacles, just do it. Just do it safely. That's all I care about. <laughs> yeah. So with um, Open Wave being the wild, wild west, um, this, here's a comment from Shannon on Facebook. She says, I hate when open racers run past you recklessly. If you want to, quote unquote, race, then you need to do it in a leader age group waves. Too many times I've had near misses when Open wave racers are running by without regard to the width of path, openings, downhill dangers. It's just rude and inconsiderate. I've been fallen on, pushed, etc. And then Jamie chimed in as well and said this. Also budging in line and obstacles. We were running age group once and an open runner budged in front of uh, all of us on a water obstacle saying, I'm running for time. He completely ignored the volunteers telling him to to wait his turn, we were running for podium and still waited our turn. I would say that's more just a shit runner. Like, a, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it sucks, but you're gonna come across that in almost any any wave, open age group, elite. You're gonna yeah. come across people like that anywhere. That's just people being people being dicks. And I won't completely agree with Shannon saying if you wanna quote unquote race do it in age group because i know i spent i don't agree with that at all yeah i spent years in open and said i'm not going to go up into age group until you know i can run a clean race or you know my time is xyz and i mean i've mentioned it before the first time i qualified for ocrwc i qualified after finishing first in my age group in open at fenway and again i ran a clean race so i know that it wasn't like you know i'm I'm missing out on a spot because, you know, I cheated or whatever else. Like I earned that qualifying spot because of how well I raced in open. But along the entire time, as I approached an obstacle or as I was running or whatever else, I did communicate with people. And if I wanted to, if I didn't want to wait for an obstacle, I would say, hey, do you mind if I go in front of you? I'm running for time. I didn't just budge in and say 
oh, I'm going next because I'm running for time. Like you ask permission. And a lot of times in open, people will let you if if they know that you are trying to race it for time, but you can't be an asshole about it. You politely ask and you communicate that stuff to them. But there are um, qualifying, like OCRWC qualifying can happen from open. So you can and you should challenge yourself in open if you are looking to do that. Just, mm-hmm. again, don't be an asshole about it. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that's, it's just, uh, you're always going to come across people like that in, in the sport. It just happens. We're, yeah. That's what's, uh, that's kind of like loops into what I, why I call this race the people's sport is because anybody can come up and do it. It doesn't really matter who you are. Anybody can come and run one of these races. It's pay to play. So. And in line with don't be an asshole, um, out on the course. Um, I think we've all had to deal with this before. People taking the lane right next to you on an obstacle. I think that is probably like the number one unwritten rule you just don't do. If somebody is on an obstacle, you either wait for them to get far enough and then you go on the lane next to them but you don't start an obstacle in the lane directly next to somebody if they are I, just I don't agree starting. with that. In competition, you got, you got shit to get done. It's about hot, nasty, badass speed. You don't got time. I've been in so many damn twister come where it's just like a, a rodeo of limbs there, just mm-hmm. everywhere going. You're just and you're holding on for dear life. Yeah, but, but you got to, so you figure it out. Um, I will say, though, like in, in the scenario of a lane, lane, I let people in their lane get done when they're wanting to get done. Yes, and that includes yes. the monkey bar world. Cause I'm like, listen, I'm quick on monkey bars. I'm going to run into you. I'm going to let you get done and I'm going to get out of here. But I mean, let them at least get done. Let them have their moment and then throw down. By side lanes. Yeah, man. Let, let them flail. Let them go. <laughs> I have actual photo proof of me and another when i ran melbourne stadium race last year uh i was leading my age group way for a good chunk of it and when we got to the rig the guy next to me decided to take the lane directly next to me on the rig like and he also i was i do 90 degree just hand it off lock off so i go left arm first so my knees are facing uh to the right and then uh he did it the other way so, like, as we're going through the rig, like, our legs are getting, like, we're almost, like, scissoring each other. <laughs> you guys locked eyes and had a moment. You should have. And then I he do. just Constantly. fell off. Yeah. And then he just fell off. He just fell off the rig. And I was like, sucks, man. <laughs> like, listen, listen, when we're talking about these, these goofy, I, I, I have to entirely disagree with you, Megan, because we're going into a scenario this weekend with Frontline. We got four lines. We got Kraken. We got guys with weight vest on. Shit's going to get weird. Um, <laughs> just, just a... It's happening. It's going to throw down. Um, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> yeah. If you're, yeah, if you're throwing down, it might work. If, for me, it's more or less like, especially on like the harder rigs, like when I, uh, Savage Race Maryland rig, because that's the one I have, the, the one I can refer to recently that I've done. I, starting on that rig, I kind of waited for someone at least to get two or three moves onto the lane next to me, and then I would start because I don't want to be on the stupid cheese board. And then, like, the guy next to me, like, just decides, like, I'm just going to swing my legs this way. It kicks me off, like, type deal. Or it's more or less, like, it's kind of like the bowling thing. 
where you don't bowl, you don't throw your ball at the same time as the guy next to you. You just kind of like, I don't know. It's just one of those things you're like, when he's warming up, you're just kind of like, oh, okay, I'm just going to wait. I know it's a video. Like, I know we. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, I, know. I definitely do that to piss people off. Oh, it's terrible. That's. Um, now, I, I will say, I will give it this one, though, for, for rules on rigs. If you are going up to a rig, you go up and you do it. Don't stand there on the podium for five minutes. And, Oh boy! Here we go! Here we go! No, no, no! Just do it! Just do it! You're yeah. there! <laughs> yeah. You've got like eight people behind you. Is is he gonna go? Uh, oh, I'm I'm gonna do it! No, just do it! Just. You know that makes me think of Dragon's Back and just seeing everybody oh, like at the top of Dragon's Back. Like, okay, okay, we're gonna go. We're, oh no, 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 nope, just, just kidding. That one's go that yet. one's rough for people. And then not you have going. like ten people uh, up on the platform, cool. and you're like, you don't even have room to move anymore because people. Shit, are get off the back, Karen. <laughs> that, that reminds me of uh, when I did 2018 Savage Race Maryland, they still had Davy Jones, and that's the jump one. You take, like, what, like, the 10-foot jump? I got, I was, I picked the one lane where I, I saw two other people go, and I thought this person was gonna go right away, so I was like, cool, I'll be able to jump. Nope, they got up to the legend, they stopped, they're like, I don't know if I wanted to go, and I, like, almost wanted to come under the bar and just, like, why are you here? <laughs> just go! <laughs> why are, are you very like, few scenarios where I've not done it, and I've backed out of an obstacle, but I did it before I was standing on that platform, and that was um, stacks. At, yeah, I was um, gonna say stacks. I remember that night. I was. It was the middle of the night. It was 32 degrees. I looked up at that frigid, cold thing, and people slipping around. I'm like, man, I'm gonna take the lap around it. I'm good. Didn't even run up on it. I'm like, I'm good, guys. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get nervous with a lot of obstacles, but Davy Jones is the one I will hesitate, but I'm not gonna stop and go. Oh no, I'm just gonna. You'll see me like pause and be like, all right, I'm just gonna go. So now the fact that I have to do stacks in November, fuck. <laughs> three of them, boy. It's three of them. <laughs> uh, I'm not excited about it, but whatever. Three times that height. <sighs> so. No, with the whole, you got to let people finish before you get started. I mean, at Savage Maryland, um, with the rig, the, when I finally, you know, got through, got onto the other side of the cargo net, and every if you were there, you know how at with that cargo net, like it, it just killed your forearms. So like once you were on the other side, you just kind of let your arms shake out before you get onto the rope ladder. And I was there and I was shaking out and a guy decided to use the same lane as me and he's coming through. He's swinging into the cargo. He didn't even bother looking at what was going on on the other side. And as he's swinging into the cargo, he's like, uh, can you give me some room? Like, literally, like, you're in my lane. So I ended up having to switch lanes in the middle of the obstacle because this guy's like, uh, you need to give me some room. Like, you couldn't have just, like, waited your turn? Like, you know how long I was fighting to get to this cargo net? And now you're rushing me? And then he was, um doing his ladder, like rope ladder, the same time I was right next to me and the ring. And oh, it was just a, a nightmare. It's right up there with like the less egregious ones, which are uh, starting a Z-wall at the same time as someone else. Oh yeah, I've had a, really a lot of people one. complain to, uh, 
about me like to they'll yell at me because i'm like starting when they're on it and they're going really slow when i'm really fast on the z wall they're like oh excuse me i'm going i'm like i'm not gonna touch you like you're here like your knees are on the other side of the z wall you've Um, got your own lane don't worry about me and at that point you start singing to them yeah something real good like inagata de vita (laughs) like I do the crossover method. I don't even, you know, sidestep it. And I was doing the crossover method once and a guy had his knees completely onto my side. And I just, you know, step over his knees and he jumps off at that point. He's like, God, you knocked me off. I'm like, no, I didn't. The, uh, that's just a thing I like, that's a grievance I like to bring up with Spartan. Why did they get rid of the middle section of like, they, they didn't save that much money on lumber, right? That they like, oh, let's just get rid of the middle. Like, <laughs> Prices are high, bro. Prices are high. And like, why, why is it? That part. Why is the Z-Wall at stadium races completely closed, but then yeah. not at I, like the I mud races? I, yeah, I don't understand that idea. I don't know what they, who made that decision. Uh, maybe stadiums like Garfield. I, I, I blame Garfield. It's Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I also do have a weird superstition on the Z wall. I try not to start if someone's on the other side. Whole, even if the wall is solid, it's just one of those things. I'm just like, I'm just gonna wait. Like, not wait for that one, but just pick a different lane. I like to reach through and tickle them. <laughs> <laughs> Just my little thing there. (laughs) Can we run an open lap at one point, like together? I just want to see you go and mess with everybody. I am like, I am just the goofiest son of a bitch out there. (laughs) If I'm doing like, if I'm in an open wave back in the day at like Mud Ninja and stuff, like I'm doing somersaults and cartwheels and oh, it's it's goofy shit. Yeah, that's and that's one of those things. uh, I miss OCR. We need to do a funzy lap. Jacob, come come to Fenway and do the funzy lap and just let's have some. It's just like Jacob, why do you have water guns? <laughs> silly string. What, what are you gonna do with all those string. ketchup packets, Jacob? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord almighty. Um, I will say, so we we've been we've been picking picking and nitpicking and picking back again i will say a few things that i i um you know we go towards we're looking at unwritten rules housekeeping if you're in a race where you have some housekeeping bring your shit back to the start line where you did it uh gibbons gibbons are tough they're tough enough they're not even they're way worse if you can't find freaking dolls to do it with take care of them don't sit there and lick them or rub them in the grass or (laughs) cover them in dirt and mud the the rings too um just just do some proper housekeeping 100 um, you know we talk talking about you know pack it in pack it out don't don't be a dick mother nature's a beautiful thing and it's a wonderful thing that we get to all have this sport together um what else i had something else on my mind yeah don't leave your sandbag on the sandbag um loops like isn't yeah. that one of the reasons why they ended up getting rid of the double sandbag at Palmerton was because so many people were just dropping one of them. It was them. just a clusterfuck, yeah. It was, people were just dropping it and walking it. Um, and it just got so ridiculous. They're like, well, don't shuttle carry now. Well, no, I'm not going to do it at all. Well, fine. <laughs> uh, 
It's the double sandbag carry is a logistical nightmare. However, I miss the days where we saw something brutal like a double sandbag carry. Just a humbling experience. Except in Tahoe when there's like a windstorm and you get that dirt blasted right in the face. That happened to me. Did they completely kill it in Palmerton? Like it's done? Well, I guess we did. Man, I'm glad. Well, I guess I got to experience Palmerton at its best. I honestly thought the double sandbag carry was easier than the single sandbag carry in Palmerton. Well, th now they, because I was looking back through photos, now they do what I call the condom tube sandbag, which is the big loopy one. Like just, just a bag. Yeah, no, it's it's a big, it's it's like the weight, like it goes limp in the middle, you know. <laughs> it's a condom. I mean, oh you have your own discussion there. This is a whole after hours topic. Anatomy <laughs> yeah. at this yeah. point. And, and we, we just moved this show into a whole nother rating level. Listen, it's two o'clock in the afternoon and I do not have a glass of bourbon in my hand. So. <laughs> then somebody else made a comment. Where is it? Um, Monica on Facebook said groups need to need to only take one lane. Yesterday, yes, I was racing open. However, a group was taking up every lane on a wall. Each person needing assistance, which killed about 15 minutes waiting for, on them. Like, yeah, if you're racing with a group, like, stick to one lane. That's fine. If, if you're racing with a group, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go bananas on Monica. Monica, if you're racing for time, get in a freaking competitive wave get some work done monica we're here to party <laughs> <laughs> monica, step up your yeah. game it's time to go to a hitch group honey yeah an early time here you know these people are it's going to be a rodeo but they made it to that obstacle before you if every single lane is there you know pick a lane um it's just like walmart you know i'm, I'm going here i'm seeing all the cashiers i'm like oh god who's gonna get out quickest and i always go for the the self-service lane and then i've always got a freaking six pack of beer and then i've got to wait for the girl to come over there for 15 minutes now it's 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 part of the battle here guys. oh yeah <laughs> yeah but no but like communicate with them and if they're taking up all of the lanes just ask one of them if you could like step yeah. in front because most groups running you can probably ask them like hey can i get through and they're probably gonna be like definitely <laughs> i've never met resistance from a group who's just like no we're not gonna let you get ahead of us they don't care they're just gonna be like yeah go ahead it's fine just speak up like i don't know if there's gonna be many people at an ocr who's gonna straight out tell you no like <laughs> so um this is one one thing i've thought of um where do y'all stand on people taking the dead center of the wall when you climb over it like taking dead center and just almost taking up like both other sides of the lanes because you know how do they smell how's <laughs> <laughs> their personal hygiene because <laughs> that's that's our real thing that's that's our game if that's what they want to do but like once again, you pick a lane, your lane might be the, if you're going to grab a urinal and you grab the urinal dead center in the pile of urinals, hey man, it's your urinal. Go to town. <laughs> I mean, I've rolled an ankle coming over a wall and like landing on a support because I wasn't in the dead center. So I, I understand going to the center because there's less of a risk. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. It's just something that popped up in my head. I was like, huh. But. Yeah. 
I mean, the center of the wall is part of the obstacle too. You can go ahead and use the dead center of the wall. I know, but I'm so I'm such a long-limbed person that it's like it's not fun to have like not have a lot of space on the wall to like get over. <laughs> well, then beat them to the wall. <sighs> Fine. <laughs> oh darn! I uh, just have to run faster. Faster. Um. I have a question for you guys. If you come to an obstacle, you know the rules, and the volunteer, who is also the marshal, tells you uh, the rules are different, that, say, you can use the ring on the twirly bird thing at Savage, and you're like, no, you can't. No, you can't. No, you can't. And that volunteer is like, no, you can do you go ahead and follow the rules that the volunteer says? Um, this was one I actually realized because they, they were doing it at Savage, Maryland, because when I was out, I was out recording open wave people and I heard him telling people, he's like, no, you can do the ring. And I was like, in my head, I was like, is that a, I've never looked at the rules. I was like, is that a rule? It doesn't seem like a rule. But when they were telling that to people, I, I knew the guy who was on the rig at the time. I looked at him, I was like, Honestly, I wouldn't do it because I've put my hand through like things that are holding rig attachments on. I have a permanent scar down my middle finger from it because something your hand's not supposed to go there. Like that's just kind of where I stand on that rule. Don't don't do that. You can end up injuring something. But that's like that's the whole sport though. Also, that's the whole freaking sport. I don't sport. trust a lot of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't trust it, a lot of volunteers. Sadly. It goes with the whole if if a women's sandbag is in the men's. Great, like a man would grab what if it. What one and man grab nothing it? Nothing of it. Like, Lures. It, Pox on me. <laughs> like, like if if the person who is enforcing the rules tells you the rules wrong, like sure, by all means, go ahead. And that is what happened to me at Savage. I was concussed, and after I fought with him for a couple minutes, saying no, you can't, no, you can't. I was like, fine, then I'm gonna do it. And that is when um, our good friend decided to snap a video, post it as the Care Bear, and call me out for not doing it as it's supposed to be because the volunteer said. There's a video that of I you concussed on the internet? And, the, and then said person. Oh, yeah, I was totally, I was concussed at that point. Oh, yeah, and I was on like, course, I I'm concussing. Of course. That's just me. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that person then went on and told my best friend and showed him the video and then denied that he is the Care Bear. Um, yeah, it's so that's fun. It's it's right up there with uh, I mean, I was there for when you were doing Yank My Chain and they had uh, we, we had a back and forth conversation with people who have ran it. We know the rules, but the volunteer apparently had the new rule for the day. Um, sense. We got, <laughs> it, it was clear afterwards that you you had to. Because the old rule was you had to lift, lift it off of the, uh, you only had to get it off the, for the women had to get it off the ground, but now it was like you have to get it all the way up. Um, exactly. So do you listen to the volunteer or do you yeah, go based on what you know? Like the volunteer is the one enforcing it. I feel like if the volunteer pushes back enough times, then yeah, it's going to be a bit of a problem. Like you should probably do what they say. But when it comes to, in terms of like, when it comes in terms of like, yeah, using the ring part of the twirly bird, I'm like, I don't know. Like, that's the one where I feel like it's it's a little questionable, but I, I still I have I don't have time to look up Savage Race rules. 
<laughs> so I didn't I didn't look up like what the ruling was on that. But yeah, I've come across that a couple times. I don't remember other obstacles where I've challenged him on it. Um actually I do remember one. Uh the uh I guess the flip side though, if you're a volunteer and you are gonna enforce those rules, don't enforce it when they're done with the obstacle. I did the tire flip twenty eighteen at the Vermont Ultra. And I didn't know we couldn't flip it from the middle anymore. You know, where you lift it up. Uh, how do you flip a tire from the middle? I don't know. Watch Killian do it. That's how he used to do it, too. <laughs> but did it in the middle. Volunteer watched me do it the whole time. Right when I finished, he was like, you can't do it that way. I'm like, you should have said something when I was doing it the first time. Um, but uh, that's because I will also get sassy with volunteers sometimes. So race brain. Race brain. <laughs> yeah. Although, I will call shenanigans on you for being the inside tire flipper. I was at the time, yeah. Shenanigans! <laughs> you can Why would you do in- that? You know it's not safe. <laughs> how is it not safe? I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I can tell you exactly. You're how tall? Six foot. Oh, that's, that's plenty tall enough. <laughs> you like to go with all the goofy shit on the wall, shenanigans. <laughs> Elliot also is a large man, and I've I've not seen him do the tire. I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> it was it was early on, like right when they started doing the tire. Had to be. So yeah, it was. Um, what was that? About the time they invented tires, and yeah. we're trying this. Out. <laughs> also, Killian's like six two, six three, something like that. He's a tall dude. <laughs> I don't know. He's in my area. I could stock, try and stock him down and see how tall he is. I I I. I mean, I can totally see where we're doing it, but man. <laughs> I think we just need to post a video of an inside tire flip because I have no idea how that even works. I'll uh, next time I'm at my parents' place, I'll do that with mine. I don't need to do it with my tire flip, but I'll show you what, like, what it is. You, all you're doing is hinging, so you're basically like, oh, I, I get yeah, it. I get the yeah. dynamics. Yeah. <laughs> I see where you're going. <laughs> I'm just saying it ain't it ain't healthy. <laughs> I, I see it. <laughs> I'm just saying snakes. <laughs> But what what about with the tire flip now? You have to set it all the way down onto the ground. So like in Tahoe, like 2018, I think, um, what, Albin or somebody put it on his foot and it didn't all the way touch the ground? Yeah, I mean, that, so, was, that was talked about with Albin. That was talked about with Hobie. That was yeah. talked about with a lot of the pros. I've done it before. I'm not going to, I'm not going to act like I'm above that. <laughs> right. And like... <laughs> So many times it's recommended that you walk around the tire and you gently lower it to the ground so you can keep your fingers underneath. And now where is the line with, you can't set it on your foot, but like you can keep your hands underneath or do you need to pull your hands direct all the way out? I was always told you ran, you, know, you have to make full disengagement with the tire. Once, once, okay. they, once they made the foot rule, I heard that you had to disengage and then flip it once more. So technically, you could push it over and try and catch it while it's doing that coin thingy, where it's just like rolling it's around. It's engaged. It's engaged. Hands are off, and then Last I'm just touch. Yeah. No touchy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, luckily, I don't think I'll be doing a tire flip anytime soon. I don't do the Spartan distances anymore. Oh, you're gonna go back to Killington. I'm retired. You can only black out at a race so many times, okay? <laughs> Do we have anything else? If you are not going to use your beer ticket, 
bestow it upon another open waiver. Make his day. <laughs> actually, yeah, that's actually a pretty good one. <laughs> I, I don't even know how many beer tickets I have still at this point. I, I, save, I used to save them all and we just so drink in Tahoe. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to uh, Perry because 2018, she doesn't use her beer tickets. And she just let me and my friend Maria like raid her bag of like beer tickets. So I came out with like, I think 10 to 12 of them at the time. So, <laughs> man, I the first race that I did when I started going into ultras was New Jersey. And I remember seeing you there, Megan. And it was this big weekend, and they had Athletic Brewing Company there, and I freaking loved it. Yes! And I was like, man, I wonder, and now I, like, buy Athletic Brewing Company here at my house making pizza. Like, I, it's going out of style. The athletic stuff is glorious. <laughs> I I have some Athletic Brewing in my fridge. They are now the, uh, I don't even know. But not not anything fancy. We can't, I'd have to, like, actually order the good stuff. Um, but they are now the official non-alcoholic beer of Fit Challenge Trail races. They can't do the OCR because of Spartan deal. But they wouldn't give them any money. They're only providing the beverages. They w would not throw in money for a sponsorship. We're like, okay. I am I'm going to take a hard stance. I'm not a fan of the athletic brewing. Well, well what's have you had? <laughs> Um, I've had their stout, their basic IPA one. I've had one of their other ones at the Fit Challenge thing. I don't remember, but I'm just not, I don't know. There's, it just feels like something's missing, like in the beer. That peanut butter, baby. Oh, oh so I need to try that. I really like their Amber one. The uh, Gose drinks, yeah, the Amber's delicious. The Gose drinks like a sour, and I love sours. I'm here in sour heaven in the middle of Indiana, and sours are a finer things. Yeah. I don't know. There's just something missing. And that, I don't know. I'm really excited because we're going, once again, I've, I've plugged him enough times, but this weekend, um, Frontline <laughs> OCR is happening in Byron Hills, Rockford, Illinois. And they they bring on a local brewery called the Harry Cow, which is just a stupidly great name. <laughs> and they, they've got a lot of really interesting stuff there and really good pizza. So I'm really excited to go see all those people, see the community and eat some pizza and drink a few good brews with the guys. So if you're hearing this on Thursday and you're in the area of Frontline OCR, you should go check out the race. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that reminds me of the one rule I said before we started. Gotta wear trail shoes, people. Do not race. Do not race something like a Killington in your sneakers. I just remember or your 2017. Football, 2017 in um, day two, I was running the beast back-to-back -back days, and there was a girls basketball team local in Vermont that was running the sprint, and all you hear is them screaming as they're coming down the mountain, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, and you look, and they're in, like, their used sneakers. Mud runs are not the time to, like, use grab your old running shoes that you're ready to retire and just like throw them away once they're muddy like get some good shoes especially if you are on a mountain you need the traction and if you do not have the traction you could injure somebody else if um you go down i would say special scenario yes like killington applies flat races like the dc sprint 
Uh, I don't. I don't think it matters. Right. But yeah, special right. scenarios like especially Killington, where that was. Know what, you're doing. Yeah. what you're doing? Yeah. Yeah. Watch some YouTube videos. Read some reviews. Find out what the terrain is like. Like, do your research when you sign up for a race, and then like, be prepared yeah. for it. You can get cheap trail shoes too. I mean, like DS- oh, yeah. DSW has like what the Adidas like knockoff trail shoes that you can probably get. Hey, they're all, they're all over the place. Trail shoes. The shoes is spelled with a Z because they can't even get it. Yeah. It's that knockoff. <laughs> shoes. Uh, shoes. It's extreme. <laughs> uh, okay, then I guess we are going to wrap it up for today. Jacob, where can people find you? The internet. <laughs> you can find me on the internet. <laughs> um, no, guys. Hey, I'm Jacob Bosecker here. Um, Big, big fan of the obstacle course racing world and community. Um, check me out on Brosecker on Instagram. I've been making shitty videos and recording stuff for the sport for almost a goddamn decade, and it's been a great time. Um, it's, it is not my full-time job. It is a hobby. <laughs> and I've, I've met so many great people and got to make so many cool things over the years, and I just um, I love making things, and I love people. So you guys, if you want to check me out, reach out, talk, and talk shop with me, I'm always ears. What about the podcast? Oh yeah, I host a moderately successful podcast weekly here with um, a gal by the name of OCR Leah, and we talk local races a lot. Uh, we go with the big stuff too, the bigger names out there. Um, Spartan. I don't have as much time to travel anymore because I have a kid, and she's a riot. <laughs> she is, she is something. She ate a whole chicken nugget last night, guys. A whole damn, damn oh chicken nugget. A whole nugget. <laughs> the whole thing didn't even blink. <laughs> ate it right there. <laughs> But um, yeah, no, we we love the sport. Check out uh, the Supercast out there on all all the platforms. Brosecker um, on there. I've I've hosted um, BroCR. Eventually, I'll make videos again. I'm thinking about making a YouTube channel now. Just about my life. <coughs> um, I'm a pole vault coach on the side. Now I picked up that kind of during COVID and everything. And people apparently people like the pole vault stuff. Like people are like like watching my videos and they're like, wow, this is kind of different. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's really something different. So I might make a YouTube channel just about my life and a, a, a thing here soon, but we'll see. Ooh, you want to be an influencer. I, I have been called an influencer. I, I prefer the term content creator because I will go on different things and make shit and it could be good shit. It could be bad shit, but it's just, I'm making stuff. And <laughs> it's <laughs> just, all I ask is that you give a warning before you send videos where the camera is physically attached to somebody as they're pole vaulting. That definitely made me dizzy. That was something though. We were try- we were trying all sorts of goofy stuff. We had them up on poles that day. We had them. Um, we've got some unique ideas to do some cool stuff. It's really cool when you get drones and pole vault involved. Um, they won't let me do it at meets, so it, it means I just got to get kids jumping like fourteen foot. So. <laughs> we'll get to work, coach. We're getting on it. Um, hopefully this week we'll get to see a few more 14-foot vaulters, and then state we're going to see some 16ers, so that'll be fun. Oh, awesome. Perfect. Well, Charles, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at sabertooth underscore OCR. That is S-A-B-R-E-T-O-O-T-H underscore OCR. Um, I am buried in still doing shark shows. So, yeah, very little social media interaction lately. And my name is Maggie B. ATC on Instagram. I am the OCR trainer on 
Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, my website, all of the above. Um, I do have a 14-day Hanging Obstacle Challenge finally coming out next week. So you can send me a message with your email. You can go onto the website and you can subscribe. I will be sending that out daily for 14 days starting next Monday. Well, guys, I think that's a wrap on our unwritten rules of OCR. Guys, if you want to continue to share your unwritten rules, feel free to tag us in posts, uh, comment on our Instagram, on our Facebook. We are middle of the pack pod on Instagram and on Facebook. We are mid pack pod on our Twitter. That does absolutely nothing. Um, and yeah, make sure to like, subscribe, comment, review, whatever on um, all of your podcasting apps. We have a link tree in our profile with all of the links where you can find us. Guys, anything else you want to say? Is this where I plug my sponsors and shit? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, plug away, Jacob. Good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Shop solid. <laughs> we, we make fine shoes. The finer shoes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jacob, it was so awesome to have you in today. Thank you so much for coming in, and we look forward to bringing you back on again. Hey, thank you, guys. Take care. And, and just for the record, Derek's a little bitch. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>